Bill Mackay is Senior Lecturer in the School of Architecture and Planning at the University of Auckland. And he's been to Timaru recently, and it started him thinking. Kia ora, Bill. Kia ora, Catherine. When's the last time you went to Timaru? Um, not so much, because I haven't been doing my South Island roadie trips much lately. <laughs> Do you know what the... Um, one of the earthquakes might have been Kaikoura kind of put a bit of a break mm. on that. Otherwise, I used to go through it every Christmas just about at one point. Yeah. Um, Lovely. I've got to tell you this. Amazing cheese rolls at a little cafe on the southern outskirts. That's where I used to stop for lunch on the way. I hope they're still going strong. I'll try that one next time. Um, I, I topped up uh, on cheese rolls while I was down there. It was great. Um but as you say, one one of the problems there is that um, so many people drive through it, um, and you're missing out on something there if you do. Um, I spent the weekend there, um, you know, giving a talk on urban issues, generally trends, that sort of thing. Um, the last thing anyone wants, of course, uh, is advice from an Aucklander on what to do with your city or your town. But um, I'm not really an Aucklander. I've only lived here for the years. Uh, my parents were country school teachers. I was made in Ruatoria, if you know what I mean. Born in Waira, raised on Mahia Peninsula, went to high school in Hastings. So not really an Aucklander, OK? Hey, I'm you don't apologise to me. D- defensively. <laughs> Aucklanders uh, are fine by me, but they can get a bit of a hard time in some southern that's towns. That's right. Um, but this um, biography, it's pertinent because people often think that Hawke's Bay is great, you know, climate, wineries, fork, food and wine festival, that sort of thing, Art Deco buildings. But when I was doing art at high school in Hastings, really starting to look around me, um, none of that was really a thing except the climate. Um, you know, we get so over-familiar with our, the buildings, the heritage that we've got around them, that we don't really see them. Um, and when I was at high school and at university, um, the good people of Napier were still knocking over their Art Deco buildings. Um, and I've got a few chunks of them under my house still, actually. Um, so towns and cities, they do change and evolve, and it's up to the people there um, as to how that's managed. So... Back to Timaru. Uh, most people seem to drive through it, like I said. Uh, it's got a couple of bays in the port. Um, the Māori name, Temaru, can be um, interpreted as the shelter because it was the one place you could really pull in when you were voyaging between um, uh, Christchurch and Dunedin. Um, there was a very big fire there in 1868, and it resulted in an ordinance that all buildings had to be stone or brick. Uh, So that's resulted in a terrific range of heritage there. It's a bit like the big earthquake in Napier that, you know, after the tragedy, the result was kind of like a a rebuild in Art Deco. Uh, And then, of course, Timaru's got um, Caroline Bay, you know, which is a huge waterfront area. People don't know about that. Gardens, recreation facilities. Um, said to be one of the first uh, beaches in the country laid out along the lines of an English seaside resort. Um, Oamaru to the south, it's got a great heritage precinct as well, but it probably gets more attention than Timaru because of um, the funky uh, steampunk scene that's developed down there. So I just want to mention a number of things I've been thinking about that, um, you know, about not just not just Timaru, but how smaller cities and towns can, you know, revitalise themselves. Um, 
cities and town centres absolutely everywhere are being affected by sprawl at the moment. Um, retail moving out to big box developments uh, means that um, our retail in the inner city is diminishing. Um, we've got more office workers in inner areas working remotely. Uh, Tauranga, I was down there recently, you know, there are issues there, as there are everywhere. Um, so a lot of councils in response to that are actually doing a lot to make central areas more attractive at the moment. Um, and I spent two weeks in Hamilton a few years ago, um, and Hamilton's really starting to finally turn around and face the river. You know, a good example of being so over-familiar with something that you've been ignoring it for decades. Um, some really good urban design stuff happening down there. Um, we're starting to see more residential in central areas as well, especially adaptive reuse. Um, that's kind of uh, conversions of commercial buildings and turning them into apartments, that sort of thing. Um, but the big question is, if, if you're working remotely, why pay big city prices? Um, there are advantages to being in the big city, but we are starting to see moves to the regions uh, for a kind of a, a, a less hectic lifestyle, uh, less of a commute to drop your kids at school or whatever, get to work. Um, and you do, uh, especially before COVID, not so much recently, but you do see regions advertising for uh, immigrants from other parts of the country as well. Young people in particular have created an art scene in Whanganui uh, there's something like, it's said, 400 artists living down there now. Uh, New Plymouth has got um, a whole bunch of cafes and shops in an area with you know quite a funky vibe. So um, a big issue in cities and towns is, as I said, local people being so familiar with the, you know, their built environment. Um, so when fresh eyes come in from the outside really kind of like you get more of an appreciation of what is actually there. Um, young entrepreneurs, artists, cafes, food startups, um, all of that sort of thing are really attracted to the cheaper rents and the character of older buildings as well. And um, one person's run down uh, is another person's industrial chic. So there are lots of opportunities with heritage buildings. Um, heritage buildings that haven't been done up are generally cheaper to rent and more spacious. Uh, fit-outs can be cheap. I speak from experience. I was involved when I was younger in a new cafe set up in an older building. Uh, that one was in the liquidator's hands, which was great. It was cheap as chips, um, and they didn't really care what we did. We were you know, pulling up vinyl and exposing terrific terrazzo on the floor, climbing out on the veranda, painting the exterior of the building. Um, and if for some reason at some point we need to move on, well, we haven't actually invested a lot of money in the fit-out, so it's pretty easy to change buildings, especially when you're younger, you're full of ideas and energy and um, that sort of thing. You know, you don't know any better. Um, I think one of the key things that we need to do in these areas is identify certain precincts that can develop uh, with a sense of identity and character. Um, 
Dunedin's Vogel Street is a good example of that. I think that's only about several years old now. Um, lots of cool stuff happening in an old warehouse area. Uh, Cuba Street, uh, Happy Road um, are good examples. Do you know the Wilton. elephant in the room is the yes. cost of earthquake strengthening many of these areas? And I'm just coming to that. <laughs> You've got 90 seconds. Go for it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, this is it. Seismic upgrades and the expense. Uh, but it's worth it in the wrong, long run. Ask Napier. Uh, saving heritage, it can make money and boost local economies, provide jobs, that sort of thing. Um, the other thing, apart from the seismic upgrade, is change of use can trigger other building code upgrades as well. Uh, I was and you know, challenged with these questions, giving my talk in Timaru, but, um, you know, the depressing answer I came up with for people was, what's your alternative? Mm. Often it's a really sort of foresight-oriented um, um, developers who come in and do these things. They've got to be able to access the money somehow. Um, and a couple but, of people did mention that to me down there. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, th- someone's got to come up with the money, and I know everyone goes to the council mm. and goes to the government the for it. But often when you've seen this done and done well, it's often um, experienced developers who perhaps in conjunction with others interested in the project can get it together enough capital to do it because there's the upgrade side of it and then there's just the restoration side of it but we can see some remarkable mm. results out of it yeah and there are plenty of examples around the country so you know my advice to anyone is get out and have a good look around uh, at what people were doing it truly is one of the greatest lures for me of a lot of our smaller provincial towns um it's just the architecture often there's a beautiful physical feature attached to it as well. Often lots of funky artists and others have chosen to live there. Yeah, but there's no exactly. doubt the architecture's a big lure. Yeah. Wonderful, Bill. Thank you. Bill Mackay, Senior Lecturer in the School of Architecture and Planning at the University of Auckland.